Today on the show, we're going to be taking a look at WWE SmackDown. Here comes the pain for the PlayStation 2, and we're going to preview the Holiday Awards show. The Podski starts now. The Podski with John Baker. For over one year, the revolutionary force in audio entertainment. Take it to the limit, yeah. Somebody stop a damn man. Living on the edge. Who is your daddy? Hello and welcome to the pod. See, I'm your host, the man of a thousand gimmicks, Johnny Bake Show. It is episode 78. And today we got the Podski doc in here as we're going to be taking a look at WWE SmackDown. Here comes the pain for the PlayStation 2. And I know this is a game that both you and I love a lot, especially myself. I logged a lot of hours on this game back in the day. So, uh, what's going on? Not much, man. Not much. Uh, just trying to enjoy a little bit of a winter break here and work only eight-hour days instead of the 12-hour days. So, Yeah. <laughs> Not bad. Yeah, we got the holidays coming up. I know that we said last week on the show that we were going to have a holiday show this week. That kind of didn't it didn't come to fruition. Everyone's schedules is hella crazy this time of year, but we will have the holiday award show next week on the show. That's the biggest show of the year where we have, I believe, 22 ish categories that we're going to be covering. So uh, be on the lookout for that. That will be if you remember last year, that was like a five-hour show. We're not going to be doing five hours again this year. So we're going to have all of our nominations and selections already done uh, in the in the pre-show meeting. And then uh, that way that we can get this to you in a more reasonable fashion. So be on the lookout for but that. Spoiler alert Okay. for that. Sting is winning every award. <laughs> Followed up by Cody. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> And yeah. in last place, fuck the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> we'll talk about the Ultimate Warrior today about SmackDown. Here comes the pain. But yeah, we have a lot of categories. We got um, like MVP, best male wrestler, best female wrestler, tag team, feud of the year, podcast of the year. Um, so best pay-per-view, stuff like that. So uh, we'll we'll have that all for you next week on the show. But Today, I'm super excited to talk about this. This is something that if you've been following along here in the Podski for a while, we do the game reviews. JC and I have done 2K23 in the past. I'm, I'm fairly certain we're going to do 2K24 whenever it comes out. But indeed, following along in the series here, I started with Just Bring It because that was the first PlayStation 2 game that came out. And then I did Shut Your Mouth which was the next one in the series. And then what is kind of the final game in the series is here comes the pain. Now I know I didn't do SmackDown one or two, and that's just because I don't have one. And I didn't start playing wrestling games until I got like my first wrestling game was SmackDown two, know your role. And that was for PlayStation one. So we may go back and do that later in time down the road, but SmackDown here comes the pain. This is a game. Is it, is it really the best wrestling game of all time? Like I, I, cause I, I have some theories on this and it's, I'm probably going to get heat on the internet for it. And I think I'm going to save that to the end. Controversy creates cash, pal. Um, it is true. I, 
I think you can draw a lot of parallels from this game being the forerunner to what the modern incarnation of the franchise does. Um, yeah. And if it's it and from you know looking at it again, there feels like this is the polished final evolution of what the previous iteration had done. It had done a lot of different things, brought in a lot of new wrinkles to things. And then this is kind of the apex of that um, before the franchise went in a different direction. So, but I, I think it, I mean, if, if it's not the greatest of all time, it's maybe a, a retro greatest of all time or a classic greatest of all time, because it, it, it inspired a lot of what they do now. Um, or at least perfected the formula. Yes. So SmackDown Here Comes to Pain, uh, again, is the fifth installment in the SmackDown series for PlayStation 2. These were PlayStation exclusives. So if you had GameCube or Xbox, like you didn't get any of these games. And uh, this one was released uh, October 27th of 2003 uh, in North America. Uh, it, it got amazing reviews. It averaged at minimum an 8.75 a out of 10 across the board like there's so many nines so many eight and a halfs like it it and it also received platinum sales awards so it sold a ton of copies um and for what really made this game special was a lot of the new features so we'll start with the features uh the new new features for the game from uh, from shut your mouth to here comes the pain they added elimination chamber and we'll get to elimination chamber later they had a brawl and panties matches. Why not? Why not? And and if you watch the commercial, which we'll have on the YouTube. So if you're following along on YouTube, that's where you're going to get a lot extra content. You're going to see a lot of gameplay. You're going to see all kinds of stuff. So if you're listening to this in podcast form, sorry, we can't really give you visuals here. So if you want visuals, go to the YouTube. Uh, that's the it's at the Podsky YouTube channel and you, you can follow along there. Uh, but in, in the commercial, like, but explicitly, like they showed everything, Elimination Chamber. Uh, it was Brock Lesnar. They showed uh, some new characters in there too. And then, like the big end, the big reveal at the end of the commercial was Braun Panty matches, which it's insane to think about. Like at that time, like that, like Elimination Chamber and Braun Panty matches were like that was the enormous selling point. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, clearly, clearly, the times have changed. Yes, it is insane. Uh, they added the submission mini games. So before, like you, there was no like mini games. So like it wasn't no button mashing or anything. Now they added the button mashing to try to get out of submissions. Uh, they added weight classes. So hmm. Rey Mysterio could get into a match with Big Show, and he was never going to lift him up. And right. it was infuriating if you wanted to be Rey Mysterio. So kind of a little bit of a spoiler there. Rey Mysterio debuted in this game as well. Um, and blood, blood was the first, um, mm -hmm. the first game with blood. So that was huge. Uh, and John Moxley's favorite game. Correct. <laughs> and, uh, to kind of go with the weight class, uh, they had the uh, body damage meter. So in, and in the blood as well. So like if you got somebody's head to red and then you hit them with a move that would involve hitting their head they would start bleeding from that. So that was kind of a really big deal to the body damage meter. Yeah. But what was the really big and evolutionary thing of this game was the new grappling system. So 
it the grappling system that you would notice today in a modern day wrestling game is exactly what they brought into this game. So they kind of started it with shutdown or smackdown shut your mouth and then they like turned it to like 11 in this game. So if you would use like circle and directional pad, you had like a power grapple and then you had um then if you hit the circle directional pad again, you could do like another power grapple, a submission grapple, a signature grapple, or a technical grapple. And so yeah. now you went from like having like 16 moves for a wrestler, you went to like 64. So it's an insane, like uh, it brought so much variation and creative freedom in a match now. So what I liked about this, like, the grapple system you're used to if you play modern games, right? Correct. Um, but one thing that I don't know, it, it has always bothered me about modern games and in going back and looking at this game and comparing how fast this game is, even going through those yeah. grapple systems and just the pace of play and the speed. I really wish they would amp that up a little bit in the modern games. Like, I understand like the technical depth and you have to go through the combos to get to the things like, and that's part of the strategy of it. But like for those of us who don't have a ton of time for video games as much as we would like to anyway, and who maybe don't want that technical depth, but would like a little bit more than an arcade style like that. I think that would go a long way to making for some of us, mm -hmm. the WWE games more repeatable and replayable. Um, yeah, no, and I agree. enjoy that experience a little more. I think, and I think that kind of leads us right into the next section, which would be the gameplay. And which would you said they made it was arcadey and snappy enough, but it like felt realistic as well. So, like, what you're saying about modern day games where they are really trying to hone in, like, everything has to be simulation based, and everybody mm -hmm. is hell bent on making the closest simulation style game that you possibly can. And I feel like sometimes that does take away. I do mm -hmm. really like the modern day games. Like I feel like they're sure. and, and they, they have their own place, but like these games, right. they really harness the arcade play style very, very well. Mm -hmm. And so another thing within the gameplay too, is that each superstar very similar to shut your mouth. They all, they got two finishers. And what they did with the finishers, they added on little animations to the end. So mm -hmm. Shawn Michaels hit a sweet chin music. He did the little dance afterwards. Or if like Goldberg hit the spear, he did like the jump afterwards. And yeah. Sue Cole did the little taunt after the stunner. And The Rock, like if he hit a DDT, he would clap his hands or he would like poke at his head. And he they did different things that though they were the same moves kind of for everybody they added the little animations on the end that just gave it like a more of a real authentic feel to what you would see in a match yeah it really did and i would also add to that the entrances yeah um and some of the backstage stuff as well that really added to it and like some of it was a little goofy like <laughs> uh, being able to drive around on a forklift or on undertaker's motorcycle and and drag somebody around like he did with hogan you know, like that stuff's kind of goofy, but at the same time, it's fun and it makes it a little, you know, because it's entertainment at the end of the day, right? Yeah, we like to think it's sport and to a degree, sure, but it is also entertainment. So you get some of that stuff, but, you know, 
you that's one way you can use moves multiple times and have those little animations but yeah. that really brings home that realism it makes it feel like it was made for that particular wrestler right um and adds to that you know sort of draws you in makes you feel like you're in part of a you know match right and i like that you mentioned the backstage area and the arenas and entrances so the backstage area there, there is one thing so i know that in shut your mouth you could climb everywhere you wanted to like you could climb up the king of the ring chair they kind of they took that away in this game so one thing that you could do in this game that i never i as many years as playing this game i never connected on one but you could climb the helicopter in times square and you mm -hmm. off the helicopter and jump off and hit somebody now i know that like if you're following along youtube like it's ain't my gameplay because i've never like legitimately hit it so credit on yeah. the screen but that that is that was insane i know like th that that was absolutely insane but not as crazy it wasn't as crazy and and climbing all over stuff as you could and shut your mouth but one of the things that i really like about the arenas um so it, it's a full arena package from 2002 pay-per-views that included wrestlemania 19 and which it looked incredible oh my gosh did that look so good i went back and i was playing it like the last couple days and wrestlemania 19 arena looks so good um I would say across the board, like, yes, even like I was watching reviews of it on just like on my TV and just to be able to see what they were able to do with the graphics overall and like with the characters, maybe not Triple H so much. That looks terrible, but <laughs> I, most I, of the I, other I, ones <laughs> you would mark. Um, <laughs> he like, yeah, it's. I found that, like, I was looking at him and I was like, damn, that looks pretty damn good, especially for, like, a 2000, you know, for the 2000s and it, it being on a PlayStation 2. Yeah. I was like, man, I can, like, I can definitely tell who that is. And, like, I'd play that today. Yeah. I was down, I was downstairs and I had the game. I was trying to get some gameplay here. So any of the gameplay you're seeing, it's either from myself or I took it from somebody, but I tried to really get my own, my own gameplay. And Allison was like, is this, this is from like early 2000s. Like this doesn't look bad. And I was like, yeah, it was like, it was really revolutionary for his time. Like if you were looking at this game, if you're looking at Madden and you're looking at other games like that, they did not look this good. Like this is, this is really the culmination of all of those smackdown games and it really looks good the the only thing what really looks great to me and i this you might be you might be with me on this this is my favorite smackdown arena in any game and it's the actual arena itself and it's because it reminds me of the old hershey arena with like the dome style like over the top mm, notice yes. that it yes. it looks like the old hershey park arena and i love it it's it's my favorite bar none i i can't find another game where it gives me like that kind of like feeling when i play it yeah but the only routine the only critique that i have for the arenas is that in shut your mouth they the, the the lighting the crowd lighting was a lot and you could see the different vibrance and the signs and everything and then in here comes the pain they really darkened the crowd and they put the focus on the ring which i understand why they did that but right. I I liked I liked the way the arena was lit better in Shut Your Mouth. And it's one of the bright spots for me personally. Yeah.
Um, and and I think that kind of leads into they they really lightened they really made the emphasis on lighting and it was shown through the menu screen. So like when you had somebody standing in the menu, like the in-game models in the menu, they would show the lighting on them. So I, I get that that was an emphasis, but the other really weird thing about the game too, and it was, this was mentioned in, uh, in just bring it in and shut your mouth. That ringside area is ridiculously enormous. You could put a 20 foot ladder and try to bridge it and it still wouldn't be enough. Like, yeah, <laughs> It, that's the that's like the fun arcadey part of the game is like you do so much like ringside but we have a lot of we have a lot of roster i think this is where the game really stands out in the series mm -hmm. and so we have a lot of new roster additions and we have kind of what started some new stuff with the with the roster as well so the new the new roster additions are batista goldberg uh, Haas and Benjamin, world's greatest tag team. John Cena makes his debut. Rey Mysterio, Rhino, Scotty Steiner, and Ultimo Dragon. So there's a lot of new additions that are staples of the game uh, later on. Like Batista, he becomes world heavyweight champion later on. This was pretty much Goldberg's one and only showing in the game uh, up to that date. Uh, the same with Scott Steiner. John Cena, obviously, we know he became a staple. There was always Rey Mysterio as well. Uh, this was Ultimo Dragon's one and only shot in in a WWE game. This is the only reason I know Ultimo Dragon was because of this game. Love uh, that. I when I was watching one of the reviews and I saw him and I was like, ah, yeah, Dragon, the Ultimate Dragon. It's seriously <laughs> just like I, I I didn't even know who Ultimo Dragon was until this game. Um, and then J Cup brother, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the gold all the gold uh but there this is where they brought in legends for the first time now i thought this mm -hmm. was i didn't realize like i'm gonna look like an idiot now but whenever you know this was 2003 so i was 11 years old when this game came out i did not give a rat's ass about the road warriors sergeant slaughter million dollar man roddy piper hillbilly jim why is Hillbilly Jim a legend in this game? That may, that Why is, is he in the Hall of Fame? I don't know. Because Hulk Hogan, brother. Uh, uh, so they, but uh, No, I know what you mean. I know what you mean. With all of these guys, like, um, if you're not, like, maybe an adult fan or grew up and you're a little bit older than you were and I were when this game came out, like, you're not going to have a great, you know, attachment to these people. It's cool for... You know, older fans and people who were super, super into it mm -hmm. and had access to tapes and stuff at that time. Right. Um, and, and it's cool to see, but I don't know. That's a great point that you made where because like now, like back then we didn't have the network. The only yeah. way I got extra footage of watching the product itself was if I got lucky enough to go to my mom's work. And like I got access to a computer there and I could get on WWE.com and I could watch stuff on there. Like I didn't I didn't know that YouTube existed. I didn't know that any of this stuff existed. Uh, but other other legends here are uh, Iron Sheik, Deadman Undertaker, Jimmy Snuka and Georgie Animal Steel. So if you were an older player and you were into this, like is it, you are absolutely right. It, it makes a ton of sense. And it really laid the groundwork for, you know, legends that we see today and really the only way to get these was from the shop zone. So you had to play in the season mode 
and gain your currency through winning matches there. So that added, uh, we'll get to the season mode in a little bit, but the you had to win matches there to gain coins and then you could spend the coins in the shop zone and that's how you unlock things. So you, the only way you could unlock the legends was if you use your in-game currency, which is another crazy thing too, is like, this is the beginning of in-game currency. I, I can't really yeah. think of another game where you had in-game currency at the time to unlock things like this really ahead of its time, honestly, because we don't really get into microtransactions until like, it feels like we don't get into those until the next generation of consoles. Right. But uh, the thing, this is this is the cool part of this game. So there are missing wrestlers. And yep. so if you, the game was revealed and the way it was revealed was it was Jeff Hardy jumping off a ladder, which you can see it right now on YouTube. It's Jeff Hardy jumping off the ladder. He's caught midair by Brock Lesnar in F5. So everyone mm -hmm. thought that Jeff Hardy was going to be in this game, but Jeff Hardy been released and because of, you know, some, um, some of his demons that kind of happened and showed up. And so he was removed from the game. And that's like insane because it's like Jeff Hardy was like really gaining traction as the single star and yep. he can be, now there are codes to figure out how to recreate him. His moveset is still in the game. So it's not like you totally, you couldn't have Jeff Hardy at all. And we can get to create a superstar and a little, uh, we'll get down the road too. Uh, but other missing additions are Billy Kidman, Al Snow, Billy Gunn, Bradshaw, Three Minute Warning, Molly Holly, Spike Dudley, William Regal, Old School Hogan, Mr. America Hogan, and the Ultimate Warrior. Now boo! <laughs> Suck it, Jim Helwig. Boo! <laughs> so, Old School Hogan and Ultimate Warrior, those in-game engines, like, they're out there on the internet. You can see them right now. Like, they, they, they were in the in-game engine. Like, they were cut very, very close to release yeah. the game. Uh, but there are other files online and of the other wrestlers that I mentioned. So they were a part of the game and they were taken out somewhere in the production line of the game. Yeah. And I don't remember creator wrestler being as big then. Like maybe it was just me. Yeah. Um, Cause I didn't necessarily have uh, a ton of access to the internet at that point. And it was, well, I could invest, you know, the three minutes of the squirrel brain that I possess. Uh, of attention span <laughs> trying to make a wrestler um or i could go do other things in the game so like to me i didn't i didn't feel like the creator wrestler was that big a thing for me at the time looking back on it now that's hugely influential and it's a huge part of the culture of the modern games um the sharing of things and um being able to create your own and change them as you wish um, that's huge. That's a, that's a huge foundational part. It kept the series alive when the developers completely fumbled the bag. Um, and if it's owed back to this era of that game, then absolutely it's what makes it one of the best. Yeah. And that's one of the things I wanted to say about creation suite is that I, I don't really have a lot to say because I was so enthralled with the season mode and just the match types that I, I never, I didn't, exactly what you said i didn't have access to get to the internet as easily as what you can today and then whenever you see a sheet of codes uh color codes and like the actual codes of like the actual 
um, items to place on these wrestlers, there was absolutely yeah. there was no way that my pea brain at eleven was going to sit down and take the time to do that. You absolutely could, 100%. and you could get super creative, like if you wanted to make these things. But if you wanted to create somebody, like if you wanted to create Sting, you could. You could create Scott yeah. Hall. You could create Jeff Hardy. You could do all of these things in in the game, but you had to have the codes to do it. And you could go online and get them. I, I just remember going to uh, cheatcc.com, Cheat Code Central, mm -hmm. and you could get the cheat. I always look for the cheats to try to see what the cheats were. I don't even know if there are any for this game. I think that kind of happened a little bit later in the series with the SmackDown versus Raw stuff, or it would at least tell you how to unlock things in the game. Yeah. No, but and that's an interesting point about the cause and then the uh, sort of the legend wrestlers. Maybe that was an attempt by developers to speak to an older audience. So it wasn't just young people with. Mm -hmm. Um, income that's directly tied to their parents. Maybe they were trying to aim towards that older crowd too a little bit, and that could have been part of the strategy there as well. Yeah, I actually, that's a really good point. The And one of the things I mentioned that like kept me from doing a lot of the creation stuff was these match types. The And we'll get into the match types right now. There's This is where the game excelled. Because it had way more gameplay, like way more match types than almost any other. It's by far the best from any other game that had been released at that point. Especially when you add the Elimination Chamber. I can't tell you how many Elimination Chamber matches I did and like still do. Like it's so much fun. And you can do everything that you can in that match you can in real life. You can climb the cage. You can jump on a pod you can climb up a pod from the turnbuckle you can jump off the pod you can jump off the side of the cage there's so many things that you can do you can get on the outside and like give somebody a a move like on the on the steel it's it's so suspenseful because like now i know that like my 11 year old self like i didn't realize there was a, a sequence and it was going to happen the same way every time that a, a superstar was going to enter the ring but the way that like it shot out and the lights would start going off and then it would light up for the pod that was coming in. That's such good shit. It was so, mm -hmm. but it was so well done. Um, I love it. I love it. And we all know that like the 2002, the first elimination chamber match, like we've already talked about here on the pod. Like that's my, that's one of my top five matches of all time. Yeah. So the, having yeah, the and was a game changer. Yeah. And just having the variety of, of things you could do in that it keeps it fresh it keeps it different um and i was thinking about this as i was you know watching some reviews and stuff it's so interesting what they tried to do um and the way we played games prior to internet connectivity to our playstations or our consoles um because they were talking about yeah you'd have like a couple friends come over and i was like my god people in my house <laughs> what <laughs> a no yeah b why do i need to do that we can just get on psn yeah. and i was like oh yeah that wasn't a thing we actually had to be socialized and near each other yeah and i was like oh and, and that made me think about all the video games i'd played with friends at my house or their house or whatever over the years uh as a kid but it was like man they like you had to be social if you wanted to enjoy mm -hmm. these types of matches like it, in a different way, not that you couldn't do them as a single player, but um, if you wanted to enjoy them 
in different ways. Like you had to have friends to do some of the things in these games and to make them more authentic. And it it was just crazy to think about and, and remember back and how cloistered, maybe it's just my personality and how cloistered I've become, but, <laughs> um, <laughs> but just in general, like, you know, as an adult versus as a kid and then having people around to play and what we can do now with technology versus what we could do then. Yeah, because you could have up to six players. Now, you couldn't connect yeah. six controllers to your PlayStation. You had to have a connector or the adapter for it. I know I didn't have the adapter, mainly because I was... When you're an only child, you don't need the adapter. You just need two controllers at most. And right. so, like, if you could... If you got... You could have up to six players. Like, that's insane that you could have all three... All four people sitting in a chamber ready to go and have two people start the match. Like, it's incredible. It's crazy that you could do that in 2003. Now you all had to be together, like you said, but... I feel like those are things that we everyone takes for granted now. Like you don't even have to leave your house. You can just do whatever you want at home and just connect and play with people. It's crazy. This it uh, really is. And in other other editions, where obviously we had first blood because we had a first blood. We we were able to draw blood. Now now you had a mm -hmm. first blood match. Uh, tables matches were back and they were uh, they were still fun. Nothing crazy was added there. Ladder matches. You could do some crazy stuff on ladders. I know like. Some people had signature moves that you could do, like, on top of the ladder. Uh, like, I think that Chris Jericho could do the walls on top of the ladder, which is pr pretty crazy as well. Yeah. Hell in a Cell, you could do a six-man Hell in a Cell. That way you could do that before and shut your mouth. But the way that the, the, the gameplay happened, like, it just felt so good. Like, it just looked good. And one thing I do want to say about this is that the way that the camera is, it's not looking at hard cam. It's, you know it's looking at the stage and i feel like that's one thing that i wish that we had the ability to do in today's wrestling games i wish we had the ability to adjust like i know that like 2k like in 2k you especially like in nba 2k you can you have so many variations and options to change your camera angle i really wish we could do that in the wrestling games now today yeah um that goes back to that simulation thing and they want it to look as real as possible right. well i want a button where i can turn it into kevin dunn and give everybody motion sickness and just switch every camera angle as things are going on. Like, <laughs> let me do that. You want you want realism? Give me realism, okay? It's in the game. It's in the game. Damn it. Yeah, we also had a Royal Rumble. Uh, that was pretty much still the same. You could get six players in there. Not as much as what you could and just bring it, but you still could get six players in there at a time. And... One thing that is in this game that you still can't do today, special guest referee. Special yeah. guest referee, if we could do that in today's games, oh, there's so many, there's so many more things you could do. Especially like yeah. in universe and stuff like that. Like you could do it in this game and it was a part of season mode and it was it was so good. Like I I really can't believe that they can't figure out how to do that in today's game. Yeah. And you know, we kind of save this for the end here, but season mode, season mode is literally the lifeblood of this game. I didn't do Absolutely. anything else but play season mode. And I know that like a lot of people now, like they play like my rise or they try to play universe mode or they play GM mode. But like all we had back then was season mode. And yep. So for Shut Your Mouth, well, I mean, we all know what happened in Just Bring It. Just Bring It, you literally had four matches, and that was really it. In Shut Your Mouth, 
you had two basically two full seasons or two full years of gameplay to do, which took some time. You could do it over again. This one really set the standard. And yeah. you, you had decisions to make. They would ask you questions. There would be people that would approach you backstage. Now, what was different in this one versus SmackDown Shut Your Mouth was there was no free roaming. You got a hub menu where you could uh, choose where you wanted to go if there were people to talk to. So you did, so it eliminated the roaming around and trying to find people like you could just jump to and that that made it easier. Um, Which was a neat idea, by the way. In theory, that's well, a cool idea. It really is. Just in execution, not as good as you might hope. I I agree. There there's where we agree on something there too. The there is a ton of customization that you could do in season mode. You could set each star to each brand, like you could do trades or anything before you started your season. You could set them heels or faces. So mm -hmm. you wanted like if you wanted to be Triple H, he was obviously a heel. Like my like I obviously everyone knows how much I love Triple H. I could change and how much of a heel you are. <laughs> if I wanted to change him from a heel to a baby face, I could. So if I didn't want the crowd to boo him, especially like how I was not booing him whenever I was sitting at home, I could make the crowd cheer him. And, you know, you could. Um, it was just it was so, so good and so much customization. You could add your custom superstars to it. It, it just really gave an authentic a more creative experience so you could really load up one show and you could face all these people or like pretty much like if you wanted to put undertaker on raw like undertaker was a staple of smackdown or kurt angle and like Rey mysterio like they were all staples of smackdown you could bring them to raw or vice versa like if you want to put triple h on raw like it, it was there was just so much customization with the roster that that you just didn't get before and it really just adds a whole another element to why you should play the season mode over and over and over again. And in some ways that's a forerunner to the my universe mode where you get a little bit more creativity and a little bit more control versus the story mode um, in the modern games where it's here's your story. You know, if you're a male or a female, you get a slightly different thing and you get a stupid ass gimmick and then you have to argue with WWE about your Um, <clears throat> being able to change stuff like that, I, I, um, sorry, I blanked out and forgot my personality for a minute. I couldn't remember if you said about you can set your champion as well. I did not. Um, thank you for saying that. Yes, you can. You can set your champions as well, so you can manage the roster, manage, you know, their good bad guy orientation. You can set the champions. That's very much, um, like WWE My Universe, mm -hmm. and then setting that up within the context of a story so it's like a it's like a forerunner it kind of does both at the same time mm -hmm. um really so again yeah just one of those you know things that harken back i don't know if that was intentional or unintentional or if as they were making the new games they just decided to go with this and went oh okay it's like what they used to do or if they intentionally did that or not but you can see the the, the threads of things starting yeah, from here yeah, that's good that you mentioned the hub, the hub menu, too. like in the hub menu, like you could edit like stables within your season, you could create stables, you could see like your champions, you could see their champion, um, like you could see like what the the contenders for the championship, it was 
very very immersive and i think that that's an excellent point that it is a forerunner to the universe mode i just really wish that it, you know if i could kind of critique today's games along with it is that if we could have universe mode where it would be story driven where you could have mm -hmm. freedom to set this all up and then it actually the game had in, in built-in stories where you could just interchange these people in and out all the time. You could create a different, it could be the same story, but different experience every time. I feel like that could like really go a long way in today's games. Um, I agree. But for me, what real the, the opening of the season mode where it has like the guy, it has like your wrestler that you choose. He's like sitting there and he's like contemplating whether or not, like wh what's he doing it for? Is it for the money? Is it for the fame or the love of the game? Like, in the way that it's like shot in black and white and it's in like the empty arena, like that was something like you just never saw before. And I can't tell you how many times it just did it just to see a different wrestler in that. And it just made a really cool, different experience. And the, the amount of different variations that you could do in your choices, it just, I can't put it over enough. And yeah. as much as I'm going to put it over, here's where I'm going to sweep the leg. And this is kind of where my final verdict is on this. And this is what I was holding out for until the end. This game, while it is incredible and it does all of these great things, where it exactly is right now, it's not good to me. It's not the best. It's not the GOAT because it doesn't have voiceovers. And you get that later on in the mm. series. So you literally get that in SmackDown. And in SmackDown versus Raw 2006, it it just doesn't have these elements where, you know, it, it didn't, it, you had to read. And I was lazy and didn't want to read. God forbid. I know, right? I wanted the voiceovers because it was a more authentic experience. And that yeah. is the biggest missing piece of this game. And I know that, like, they were kind of setting it up for this game to get it for SmackDown versus Raw, which I'm sure we will cover later uh, sometime this year, probably. And that's where I think the series and the wrestling games, they they go to the stratosphere. And mm. they don't have the... They just don't have the, the immersiveness that you would have gotten if they had voiceovers. Yeah. No, I can understand that. Um, I think given the conversation we've had about the connective tissue between this game and the modern games, um, it certainly has to be highly ranked um, because of what it did. It built on a great game and it, it has provided so much that we now enjoy in the modern context. Uh, and I'll be honest, I didn't even really think about that non voiceover thing. Like that did, that didn't even hit me, but you're absolutely right. Um, so I don't think, um, I don't think I've played enough of those games to be able to definitively say which one is the best or the worst from that era. Um, but I can definitely see why one would put this up there very highly. But yeah, now that you, now that you say that, that, that voiceover thing, and maybe we just take that for granted in the modern games because it's, it's there. Like, even if it's not all the time, um, like with the wrestlers having voiceover during the narratives or uh, the announcers calling things. Yeah. Excuse me. We're, we're used to it, right? So right. Um, 
it doesn't have any ring announcing it has no uh it has no um like jr or commentary it just has the music in the background i think that's that's one thing that sorely holds the game back and i know that like i'm gonna get killed for saying that this isn't the greatest game of all time because because it doesn't have commentary but like that's like a huge part of like our experience and i want to say it's goaded i really want to say that it is but i i just i just can't i can't do it but if you don't have the lyrics to the song you know what i mean like yeah it's that, just it's that just, takes away from it and that's what you're hearing like if you're listening to the podcast now and you're hearing the underlying like the the music and everything th- this is just the music that was in game that you would get like through the menu system and through the gameplay like what you're hearing like that's that's the that's the soundtrack to the game so it's you're not gonna get you, you get no commentary you don't get a you don't get a michael cole and a taz on a smackdown you don't get a jr and a king on a raw like you don't get that at wrestlemania and all that like you don't even get howard finkel so how dare they how dare they how damn dare they <laughs> they didn't want to do the payoffs for that pal yeah and and i know that like they made such an overhaul to the game that it just it wasn't they probably were like okay we're gonna get this we know we kind of know where we're going with the next game in the series and this being the last of smackdown and then you go to smackdown versus raw the following year and you get all the extra things that you got which i really like that's i can't wait to talk about that game and and the following the game after that is is the wheelhouse like i know that and we're talking about smackdown here comes the pain and everything but this game it's my, if there's there's only one critique that I could make of this game is that there's no voiceovers and there's no commentary. And I think that's what holds it back in the series. Yeah, sure. But I think that's, we covered everything in the game. We hope you followed along on YouTube and you enjoyed this episode. And it's it's been a, it's been a fun ride. I, I, can I say that this game is goaded? I can't. With the sauce. <laughs> It's good. I'm going to get so much heat over this, but I can't. I can't do it. It is a top fiver. It's a top three for sure. Yep. Now, I don't know if it's in two for me, but I I can honestly say for the time, if you have no other prior, if you have no knowledge of the games that follow after, then yes, it is the GOAT. But knowing what we know and what I know and what I played and what I experienced the years to come, they got better. And I think that it's hard to fathom how they could get better after you play this game. But it's it's not the goat for me. Yeah. What do you say, JC? Um, I'm kind of with you. I, maybe I don't have opinions quite as strong um, because I didn't play some of the other games from the era. Um, so I'll, I'll go with you in the top five, top three, Bruce Pritchard non-committal gimmick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm slotting it in at three for me. Okay. okay. Thank you for giving us a real answer after somebody pressed you on it. <laughs> You'd have been a great lawyer. Um, but no, I think it's one of the top top games of that era. And like I've kind of hammered throughout this, there's certain connective tissue to the modern context that um, is just super interesting to see and look at it from a historical perspective as to what it has meant to wrestling video games. What while it was a perfection of something, how it was then further iterated and perfected upon in later games. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a model I wish video games would use a little more. Um, very rarely 
And it was interesting. The one video I was watching talked about video games coming out as complete in this era because they didn't have the ability to do DLCs and they didn't have the ability to do day one patches and how you actually had to finish a video game. Wow. Um, point. And this was a very complete video game. And uh, not only from that technical side, but from a content side. Um, so that was a super interesting thing to think about and juxtapose uh, to the modern context as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, as far as the final verdict, uh, it's cool to see something that was a forerunner to other things, including modern. And it's top five. All right. Well, uh, we thank you for listening and watching, and we hope that you followed along on YouTube. If you did, please drop a like and subscribe. If you are in podcast, uh, make sure you uh, download, rate, review, and subscribe to that as well. Uh, the Podski Doc is at the underscore, or is the Podski Doc. I am the underscore Podski, and uh, we thank you for listening. Be sure to tune in for the holiday award show next week. We got our 22 categories. We're going to unveil all of our winners. So you can follow along uh, on the show and on the socials as well. We're going to be uh, releasing all kinds of graphics for that too. So we thank you for listening, and we will see you next time on the Podski.